is sponsored by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast rentals in Brooklyn, New York. To find out more, visit their website, jmrny.com. Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and today we have a special show for you. As you know, we've partnered with Contra Film Series for their alumni spotlight interview series. And joining me via Zoom today, his documentary short, Notes from Liberia, first screened at Contra way back in the day when they were still at the Contra Lounge. His new film, Anu Musur, is currently streaming on Netflix Mr. Takeshi Fukunaga. Welcome, Takeshi. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's great to have you. Kangmangwa, uh, or uh, Ohio, I guess it would be over uh, there. Ohio is. Because uh, you guys are in the morning over there. Yeah, 10 a.m. here. You're actually in the future. You're like uh, 14, 15 <laughs> hours ahead. So right. uh, it's it's already. Uh, we're you're, how how are things? Does it get better? <laughs> The next 14 hours? Uh, not quite. <laughs> it's, it's the same. All right. Well, thanks for the note of hope there, Takeshi. Um, so I want to talk to you about the film. But first, I want to talk to you about you. So um, how did you come to filmmaking? Uh, what is your origin story, so to speak? So I was born and raised in Hokkaido, Japan. But then I moved to U.S. when I was 20 to study abroad. And um, and then first in Minnesota, and then I was there for two years, and then moved to New York. Uh, went to Brooklyn College Film School and graduated from two, uh, at, in two thousand seven. Um, you know, like I just kept making some like short films, and then you know didn't give up on it, and then made my first feature, um, and then premiered it at the Berlin Film Festival in two thousand fifteen. And that's when, uh, you know, my career really started. So you were predominantly, you were making films here in the U.S. in the U.S. at first. And you've made films in Japan since? So Ainomusir, which is my second feature, is the first film I ever made in Japan. This is your second feature. What was your first feature? My first feature was called Out of My Hand. And that was about a Liberian immigrant uh, coming to New York and becomes a cab driver. And that was a documentary film? No, that was actually fiction. That was a fictional film. But Notes from Liberia, which you produced, that was a documentary. Yes. So the re uh, connection between those two projects was Notes from Liberia was the first uh, project that inspired me to do a fiction uh, film that became uh, out of my hand. Very cool. So um, with the new film, you went back to Japan to film this. Like, how did it come about? Like, what was the inspiration behind it? It's a coming of age story about this boy who is indigenous to the land of Hokkaido, uh, which is, and then they're called Ainu. And then throughout the film, he tries to come to terms with his, uh, uh, the loss of his father and also his roots as an uh, indigenous uh, Ainu. And then the, I'm not Ainu, I'm a Japanese person uh, who's born and also uh, born in uh, Hokkaido. The reason uh, uh, why I, you know, came to this subject is that first of all, I, you know, was, you know, really eager to learn about, you know, Ainu and their culture, which I didn't have a chance to uh, growing up in Hokkaido. 
historically, there are only a few narrative films about Ainu, and then every time it was made, um, it was uh, Japanese actors, professional actors, playing uh, Ainu roles, which is not acceptable in you know today's uh, culture, you know, representation uh, standard. And uh, so this movie is supposed to be the first movie about Ainu, uh, starring Ainu people. And then I thought that was uh, a meaningful thing to do. How did you kind of find out about this culture? Had you seen films on it before? Or like, how did it kind of come to you? Did you know somebody from there? When I grew up, um, there wasn't a proper education about Ainu. But we, everybody knew, you know, as a fact that, you know, they are there you know, other indigenous people. And, uh, but, you know, they, I wouldn't say the same, but they went through a similar um, situation as uh, Native American or other indigenous people did. Uh, the Japanese people, you know, took over their land. Uh, um, you know, um, they were, um, you know, and then the Ainu people went through the, you know, severe discrimination and forced assimilation. Um, and today there's no uh, native speaker of their own language. And so there's, you know, and then, so those things, I knew a little bit about it on paper, but not, you know, in, on, the, on the personal level. Like, but growing up, you know, there are like, for example, like, you know, uh, classmates or some like Ainu person, but uh, because of that kind of social pressure, uh, none of them really spoke uh, openly about their background. So, so to me, it was always kind of like taboo, you know. Did you uh, find people from that culture? Did you start, like, did you have to do a lot of research in terms of interviewing people and so forth? So after I decided to make this movie, the first thing I did, you know, was to go to different towns and then uh, meet as many Ainu people as possible and then talk to them and then learn about them. And um, so, you know, like I decided to make this one while I was finishing up uh, my first feature, which is back in 2014. And, and so it took me about you know, five years to finish this one. And then most of that uh, first couple of years just, you know, was for me to do research, uh, both in book and also in person. Seeing the trailer and stuff, it looks kind of documentary-esque. Like it's got like a documentary style to it. Was that the initial intention or did it kind of, was that the way it kind of worked out? It was kind of, you know, uh, um, in, in the back of my head, you know, because, you know, working with no actors, um, like, you know, uh, no actor Aino people was, um, you know, part of the, the initial idea, you know, to make this movie. So, and then, and then, you know, like bringing out their like natural selves and then, you know, uh, bringing out their like natural performances into the movie was, uh, um, key to make uh, this project successful. So, you know, like, so documentary or more kind of, you know, free flow um, approach was, was um, in my mind, but I, you know, you know, made that, you know, the decision with uh, in collaboration with the DP, you know, uh, before we started shooting. So you were filming uh, over there, you were filming in uh, sort of Ainu country. And were there kind of challenges that came across with that? Were people accepting of you? Were people like, why is this Japanese kid trying to make a movie about our culture? Tell me about like some of the challenges and so forth there. 
Um, first of all, there isn't any Ainu country per se. You know, there's no like reservation like you know for Native Americans in U.S. Um, and um, but uh, you know, when I first you know went to the communities, you know, there they weren't like suspicious or doubtful. Uh, but you know, they you know, it of course you know I needed some time to really you know um, uh, for. You know, we needed. You know, they needed some time for them to really understand and then trust me, and and but they never really challenged me, um, especially after you know I started talking about the motivation of you know why I want to make it and then how I want to make it, and you know and then to you know essentially to really um, you know make this film as you know hopefully as a, a proper cultural representation for them. And you know this isn't everything about Ainu, of course. It's it's just a a step, you know, for a better understanding and recognition of them. And your main character is a is a child actor. Well, a child actor, um, he's a child, but he never acted in any movies before. Wow, so that's kind of a double challenge that you've got there. You've got you know working with because they tell you you know don't work with children, don't work with animals, and things like that. But uh, so you're working with a child actor who's a novice. Like, how do you direct somebody like that? Were you, had you, were you used to, because you had documentary background, were you used to kind of dealing with non-actors? And, like, how were you able to kind of get the performance from them? It's a real challenge. I mean, uh, my with my first feature, I some of the scenes were very, had a very much a documentary aspect. Um, so I had some experience, but in... in in a way, this is more documentary than uh, my first, and and then the key to that was really to create an environment where uh, they can be comfortable and then be natural. Um, of course, there's a camera and then there's a crew, and then we do takes. But you know, because they are playing a version of themselves with people uh, they know, with actual friends and you know uh, families. <clears throat> they could be, um, you know, uh, they as as soon as you know they loosen up, you know, they they could be just you know be natural and then bring their uh, natural selves into the film. But um, they were they never acted in any films before. But at the same time, they've been like practicing, you know, dances and songs, and and then they have some uh, experiences as a performer. So that really helped as well. And did you kind of do anything before? Like, did you kind of take people out to dinner or did you like have lunch and stuff before to kind of get them more comfortable with you? Yeah, of course. I mean, like I've been to that, um, the town probably four, five or five, six times, you know, before we started shooting. So, I mean, it, it wasn't just a one or a couple of dinners, you know, we, I spent, you know, days there, um, you know, with them and then have some like a drunk night, you know, with, a, you know, adults over there and, you know, uh, barbecue and, you know, it's, it's, yes, of course, you know, the first thing for, you know, <clears throat> the first thing you, you need to do is to create a, a relationship and you, if you couldn't have that, you know, they would never be a natural in front of camera and a bunch of other people. Are you working with a small crew, a big crew? Uh, how many days are you guys shooting? Or how, how long are you on, on location for that? As far as you know, creating a natural environment, you know, for them to be, uh, um, you know, um, to, to bring on like a natural performances is 
there are you know a couple of things that, that I took and is and is one of them is that to keep the crew uh, as minimum as possible and then there are for the writing equip uh, camera and writing department there are only three people and then there uh, that are they are from uh, New York it was a mix of Japanese and American crew and uh, DP was uh, Sean Price Williams who shot um, Ari Safdie's movies and you know Alex Ross Perry's movies <clears throat> and um, and then the shooting days was about a little over a month and because we sh and then we shot in uh, three seasons from in summer fall and winter uh, if you see the movie you can tell why we needed the um, uh, time passage in, in that movie to uh, to tell the particular story and then Actually, another thing I did was so there was of course a script, but like I wrote each characters based on real people, and then there are dialogue. But I never asked them to memorize those lines. Instead, um, they were free. Of course, there are some like lines that needed to be said to construct a story, and um, but they were free to say uh, free as far as how to say it. And then also what to say before and after. So there, half of the movies uh, were uh, improvised. So it's the kind of thing where you can say to people, like, listen, as long as we don't leave it, as long as we don't leave any plot out, we, you can just kind of say it the way you need to say it. Um, so make sure it's a more natural performance kind of thing. Or more like I say, you know, like, let's say these few, you know, we need to say these few words. And, you know, the scene is going to be about this. And then th this is beginning, middle and end. But you guys are free to say, you know, whatever you say, you know, you know, around that. Was there uh, resistance to that or were they kind of more open to that at first? They are open to that. I mean, like, because that's how I, I avoided um, making mistake to, like, paint my preconceived notions on them. And you know, like so, like to because that's the wrong thing to do, and then that's that's against the the reason why I you know wanted to this you know make this movie, and because they were free, because they weren't told to be uh, to act like someone else, you know, they were you know um, you know having fun, and then they were you know very happy that you know when after it was all finished. Did you feel like with the improvisational nature, did that give you like, did you have to do more work in the editing room because of that? We do the first take and then there are like some lines that, that were really strong and I really liked. And then I asked them to repeat it, you know, up from the second take, you know? So it wasn't like every time it was totally different from the take before, but you know, as we do more takes, it becomes more consistent. Cool. So you you got you kind of developed a rhythm and a method to it, so that you're getting natural performances, but you're still kind of getting what you want. Um, are you doing like is it like 15, 16, 20 takes? Ah, uh, no, it wasn't like that. It, that was actually surprising. Most of the takes were never over like four or five. Well, sometimes you know, few some you know, like because of the technical you know difficulties and stuff. You know, there are a few t you know some takes have uh, you know a lot more, but um, some shots have a lot more takes, but most of them are relatively low, I think. So if you had to, you did, but it wasn't because of the performances? Uh, Sometimes it was, but most of the time it wasn't. And then, you know, the thing is, you know, again, there are 
they are amazing on camera and then they are really great performers, but at the same time, they are not professional either. So if you, sometimes if you, you know, giving too many directions and then t doing too many takes, you know, work, you know, against, um, uh, work against you, you know, uh, as far as, you know, trying to get the uh, natural performance. When they saw the film, and I assume that they've, I assume that they've seen the film at this point. Um, what did they think of it? Uh, they were really overwhelmed. I mean, like when they first saw it, um, because um, until I had a um, you know final you know green light you know from them, I wouldn't say it's finished. So you know the as soon as we finished editing, I you know first you know went back to the town and then had a um, you know. Uh, DIY screening, uh, press, you know, test screening for them, and um, at first it was almost like a too close to them, you know, because they were se seeing themselves in the, you know, in the movie with the people they know in the place they live, you know. So at first they were like, Who "Who's gonna watch this?" You know, like, uh, "It's gonna be," you know, like really. It's nearly going to go out as a movie, and then they couldn't nearly kind of, you know, see it as a movie. But um, thankfully, you know, we, you know, we went to festivals, and then, you know, now on Netflix in English territories, and also playing in theaters in Japan. So when they finally saw it in a theater space with a general audience, they were really moved and then touched by it. When you saw it with, you know, because you saw it with them, and of course you probably saw it a hundred times, when you were editing it, right? So, what when you first saw it with an audience, what was that reaction like, and and how did that kind of feel? You know, like general Japanese audience, um, it's been the reaction has been really, really positive, and then I often see or hear that um, they just learn so much about Ainu, and then you know um, about their culture, and then the the state they are in. Uh, in the present day, because you know, again, even today, uh, people know about the word Ainu and then kind of what they are, but don't really know much, you know, other than that. So that the film really portrays uh, um, Ainu people living in today's society, and then it touches on some, you know, historical fact and then some um, like a stereotype that still happens, um, you know, uh, some people still have. And um, so it's, um, you know, other than, um, you know, they are, they are liking it as a movie, they also like it as a tool, you know, to, to learn more about uh, Ainu. Yeah, it's like you're creating a cultural experience, you know. Um, and it's, it's kind of even, I think it's different because it's not a documentary. You know, you're, so you're telling a story. Do people, do they get the story as well? And are they moved by the story itself? Yeah, yeah. Um, they and uh, you know, like I think the reason why it's um, you know it, it's getting seen by you know so many people uh, is because essentially it's a coming of age story, and and it's something that you know anybody can relate to. You know, of course, I know is a big part of it, but you know, bef you know, uh, first and foremost, it's it's a story about the boy, you know, who who is just you know trying to trying to find his uh, his way through and um 
And then again, you know, for for the reaction from Ainu people, I think the you know one of the main reasons why it's you know it's been pretty positive is that you know again they've never seen uh, themselves in a, in a film like this. You know, like every you know every again you know every time there was a movie about you know Ainu, it was always a sad story played by Japanese actors and. And then, so it's, they don't really just feel, you know, a connection to the uh, representation on the uh, on media. But you know, this time, you know, even though I'm not in Ainu, you know, it's uh, it's made with a close collaboration with um, with them. So, so, so that you know, experience, you know, seems like uh, something that they never had before. Do you think that you'll start a trend? And that will get more movies uh, about this community now. The attention toward Ainu as a whole uh, is growing uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, for example, there is a the first National Museum uh, of Ainu uh, opened uh, this year, and there was a, a popular novel about Ainu. And so there, you know, like I think there, there. I'm sure there are some like other projects. That's you know are being developed, but I, I just hope you know that um, you know um, Ainu community is you know is a is a part of the creative process you know because otherwise you know they they will repeat uh, history. Do you think that now that this you've been in there you've kind of been in their world and you 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 know you've made this movie with them? Do you think that some kid from that community is going to pick up a camera and want to make? Uh, a film about himself or a film about uh, his people? I hope so. I mean, and then I'm sure it will happen uh, sometime in the future. Um, right now, uh, there is no Ainu filmmaker as far as, you know, uh, people know. Um, but uh, I'm sure that that will happen. And then if that happens, uh, when it happens, and then if I'm there, uh, if there's something I could help, you know, I'd be happy to. Um, you know, like, of course, I still believe that, you know, like, uh, perspective from outside, you know, looking in, is still, you know, valuable, and it has its own uh, advantage. But at the same time, you know, the first person uh, view um, should also be uh, celebrated, you know, especially from uh, underrepresented community. So I'm, you know, uh, I, I'm all for it, you know. I'm, I'm you know, again, like I, I, I hope I get to see it, even as a, just a you know, um, you know, film fan. Do you have anything coming up next? Do you have another project on the horizon? Uh, yes. So, I so I've lived in U.S. for um, 16 years, and then uh, and then I moved to Tokyo last year. So, uh, and then the, one of the reasons for that was to develop another project uh, that takes takes place here, and. <clears throat> That's going really well so far, and uh, it's um, <clears throat> it takes place in northern uh, part of the main island Japan called Tohoku, and uh, it's a period piece takes place in the late 18th century, and uh, based on the old uh, folk tales uh, in that region, and um, in short, you know, it, it's it's. Um, it's a it's about the girl who tries to find her her place, uh, which is not in the, in her own village, but uh, and 
and she escapes to the mountains and then meets with this kind of uh, myst mystical monster and then starts a new life there. And then it becomes a whole like witch hunt story. If people want to find out more about you, like if uh, producers want to hire you or they want to know more about your films or, or find uh, uh, Anu Mosur online, where can they find you? For me, I have my own website, takeshfukunaga.com. Uh, for Anu Mosir, um, for English information, I guess you, know, you can go to Array uh, Distributors uh, website or like YouTube channel or their outlet. And then there are a number of like, articles and interviews. And the film itself is currently streaming on Netflix, correct? Yes. Fantastic. Congratulations, man. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, you coming on and, and, you know, we're doing time travel uh, across the world here. Uh, but uh, thanks so much. And, um, you know, we'll be sure to have you back uh, for the next project. Uh, I'd be happy to. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all we got for you today. Thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. I'd like to thank my guests, Takeshi Fukunaga, as well as Joffrey Guerrero and the good folks over at Katra Film Series. For more information on them, visit katrafilmseries.com or follow them online at Katra Film Series. For more of our content, visit norestoftheweekendpodcast.com and don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time.